Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. With Allen, because he's so efficient, smart, and physical when he runs the ball, and it sparks the offense so much, that I think he has to keep running. I think I think this has now become a staple of the offense. Stay tuned later in the program for more on Josh Allen and the running backs and so much more in our questions of the week segment. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Just a quick reminder that you can support us by hitting the subscribe button wherever you get your pods, including Apple and Spotify. We're all over. Just search for the Bills Wire podcast. We appreciate you jumping on board. Uh, Ryan O'Leary here, joined by Nick Wotan of USA Today's Bills Wire. As always, Nick, what's good, my friend? How are you? Uh, a little bit of comeback in the sales, Ryan. And mm. uh, yeah, finally, uh, interesting Buffalo Bills stuff to talk about the last couple of weeks. You know? not, that, not that the Bills Wire podcast is ever a, a lull or anything like that. Uh, we, we love to keep it interesting here, but uh, the Bills are making it very interesting on the field the last couple of days between, uh, you know, a loss and then a uh, quick comeback. You know, I- I've seen a lot of headlines out there, people saying that it was a statement by the Bills. Uh, showing that they can come back, they can win a one-possession game, they were 0 for their last 7, or that they can come back on the road, down 17, a statement win by the Bills. I have no problem using that word. I think it was kind of a statement win by the Bills. You know, that was a good little, that was a good win. That was a good performance as as bad as it started, and that's been a kind of a trend, which I want to get into here coming up. But let's start with kind of piggybacking off what Kyle Brandt on NFL Network said on Monday, Nick. He basically said, look, don't penalize the Bills for whooping ass. You know, and I kind of like I kind of like that logic. Like, we know they haven't been great in one possession games recently, but you can't really penalize them for just like whooping people. Uh, but I think we did need to see this, right? A game. I mean, this is the biggest comeback in Josh Allen's career, if you can believe it. Down 17 points on the road to to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, a team that's been playing pretty good football and scoring points. For the Bills to lock them up and come back and win that game at the end, that's good stuff. That's good football right there. Couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more, Ryan. I think we were saying it last week, too, how the uh, how the Bills and this whole, you know, they only win by double digits is a little bit of a, uh, I don't know how to put it, uh, BS, malarkey, however you want to put it out there, folks. But uh, it's hard to win any games in the NFL, let alone by double-digit points. And the Bills were just stuck bad guys for winning by double-digit points. It was quite the narrative. Damn you, Bills. That these, <laughs> that these guys are less of a team for winning by a lot. Like, what other sport do you get that in, I guess? Like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm a Mets fan, so I don't see him win by a lot all the time. Uh, they're, you know, showing, going into the postseason right now. But that's for, a, that's for the Mets Wire podcast. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, you know, you, you see a baseball team win by, you know, 10 to 2, and, you know, no one's like, oh, these frauds, they only win by eight runs, you know. Like, you know, you never see things like that in other sports. It's uh, pretty crazy. But, yeah, I mean, if anyone had a problem with that, you no longer can because the Bills just uh, won a comeback game by uh, three points. So. Uh, Stick that in your pipe, I guess, right? I think if you look at the slow starts the Bills have had in all three of their road games so far this season, now I know it's a small sample size, but taking Sunday, for example, your first five drives of the game, interception, field goal, fumble, three and out, three and out. And all of a sudden, you're in a 20-3 to hole against Lamar Jackson, and that's not a good – in Baltimore. 
not a good spot to be. They were playing good football. And it wasn't just Sunday, right? If you go back to week one against the Rams, they struggled out of the gate in that one, had a couple turnovers in the first half. The Dolphins game too. In all three of these road games, the Bills have had a turnover in the first half. That's led to the opponent scoring points. So that's one thing you can, if you want to nitpick the Bills, maybe say, all right, these slow starts, especially on the road, they've got to change. They got to find a way to start faster and cleaner and protect the football a little bit better. If you want to say that, fine. But yeah, again, let's not get them in trouble for winning for winning ball games by 10, 14, 20 points. <laughs> that's that's probably a sillier thing to uh, to nitpick. But yeah, I, I didn't love the start. I didn't love the start. You know, I, I would like to see them come out a little cleaner, Nick. I, I totally agree, Ryan. It's, uh, you know, the start, starts the games, they could really hamper your entire uh, entire game plan, your entire 60 minutes out there. And, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of Josh Allen, you know, his interception was tipped, you know, this and that and the other thing. But, um, you know, really it comes to – I think it comes down to personally the run game. I mean, the Bills early on, I think their first four second downs, maybe five, they were in like second and nine, second and ten, you know, lost yards. When they're running the ball, they're not getting yards. Allen's tip interception, I kind of thought that was on him a little bit. It didn't look like the guy was open in the first place. But, uh, you know, um, that's no, not here nor there. But, yeah, the, these little things here, the Bills, especially, and I think this maybe ties into the aspect of it, Ryan, if it be a road game. I think maybe the Bills want to, you know, get the ball rolling, get the momentum rolling, keep the other team's offense off the field, maybe eat some clock a little bit, get their – get their running back. Okay, we, we got to stop the running game. Now maybe this will unleash, you know, open things up for Josh Allen. I get it. The, the thoughts there are good because the execution is not. And let's be honest, Ryan, we've been doing this podcast for a while. This is not the first time we said the Bills can't run the ball. So I think that that plays into their early woes on the road. Now, it's, that's a very fair take. And I actually have some thoughts on that that we'll get to here coming up in a little bit. I just don't want to spoil one of our future topics. But yeah, we're going to talk about the run game in particular here coming up in a little bit. You guys wrote about this on Bill's Wire in your in your commentary after the game. It was not one of Josh Allen's best games by any means. The dude is still special, right? I mean, the Bills have lost 39 straight games when trailing by 17 plus. And, and I think Allen has gotten to, to the point now where, yeah, maybe if his if he's not, you know, completing passes, he's not on point as much as we're used to seeing with him. You're still in a situation that no deficit's too large. Like he's very much like Tom Brady, or if Bill's fans don't like that, sorry. Maybe he's more like Ryan Fitzpatrick, if that's a better comp, right? Um, you're, you're that guy now where no deficit is too large, right? We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick come back for some large deficit in his Bills days, right? Uh, but, you know, to steal a baseball term, even if Allen didn't have his best stuff on Sunday, he was still brilliant. He was still an MVP type of quarterback. And you still felt, even into that second half, that the Bills had a chance to win, even when they got down, you know, by a ton of points in the first half. After they scored, finally... Going into halftime, you kind of felt, all right, the Bills, they have a chance to win this game. No, I agree, Ryan. And uh, really the old adage that I kind of fall back to as well is like, you know, good teams, they find a way. Championship teams, they find a way to win games where they don't have their best stuff. Of course, when they're winning that title, they have to be championship caliber or whatever Sean McDermott wants to call it on that occasion. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the Bills certainly don't have their best sometimes. And uh, that's, that, you know, it, it, it happens. It happens to every single team always throughout the history of football. Um, and I know that you mentioned the uh, old, like, you know, I couldn't let you get through a segment there. Like, you can let me get through this response without bringing this up. You mentioned the old Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Patriot comeback, or the uh, comebacks of Ryan Fitzpatrick, which came against your Patriots, Ryan. That was the last time that the Bills got it done. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah, no, just your point. It's, uh, it's been a while since Brian Fitzpatrick has played on the, uh, on the Bills. So, uh, yeah, Josh Allen still, even on his worst day, doing Josh Allen things. Yeah, it's good stuff. So the Bills, yeah, as we said, it's their, it's their first one-possession win in their last eight tries. But So really when it comes to these close games, Nick, uh, and I've said this before, just look at how you ended each half, right? If you remember the Miami game, the Bills screwed up the end of both halves. Um, in this game, how'd you end each half? Well, you finally figured out how to score a touchdown, right? It was kind of tough sledding there. Couple, you know, a turnover, couple three and outs. Now you finally punch one, one in with Isaiah McKenzie going into the half. So they ended the first half well. And then the way they ended in the fourth quarter, I mean, first of all, the stop on defense from Jordan Poyer. And then going down, killing the clock, getting the Tyler Bass field goal to end the game. Like, that's it. Sometimes it's just as simple as in these, in these close one-score games, how did you end each half? If the Bills can keep figuring that thing out, keep scoring at the end of the first half and at the end of the second and doing what they have to do at the end of the second half, you're going you're gonna to win those games more often than not. Sometimes it's that simple. If you just, you know, for me, the, the box score bandit, right? I'm not watching the All-22, Nick. Uh, sometimes that's, that's what I look at the most when it comes to these games. Like, how did you end each half? I like that from the Bills. But speaking of Jordan Poyer, uh, his return and impact was uh, palpable. That's a good word for it, right? Jordan Poyer was a, a very a very important player. Given all the injuries the Bills do have, Jordan Poyer's return was um, very important in this one. Yeah, uh, Jordan Poyer uh, obviously immediately making, and I, uh, you know, I as much of a box score bandit as I am myself, Ryan. I uh, actually did not look but back, look this up. Like a great journalist that I am, but Jordan Poyer said himself that he's the first time since college maybe that he's had two interceptions in a game. So uh, yeah, quite a time to have it. Your return from. Uh, from an injury of your own, uh, he's been banged up, honestly, uh, throughout the offseason. Plus, the whole contract situation that's still looming. We're all so fixated on the injuries, we kind of forget about that. But this still might be Jordan Poyer's last year in Buffalo. Uh, I think a lot of people now are saying hopefully not. Because, yeah, his impact and his leadership in that secondary has been, um, you know, constant all the time that we uh, we see Poyer just popping up with big plays. Him and Micah High, that's what makes them such a great duo. And uh, one thing that really um, – excuse me, goes under the radar uh, is that uh, Poyer's great at the line of scrimmage as well. So this isn't just his coverage skills. This isn't just his leadership team. He's really good all over the Bills defense. And I mean, really, just look at that. uh, Look at that first interception, a little bit of a tip drill, which compliments of the Bills revamped defensive line. And Poyer was making some plays near the line of scrimmage. That's where that first interception happened. Not just that, obviously, the second one was huge to kind of put the nail in the coffin. But yeah, I mean, Poyer's all over the defense. His leadership's big. And, uh, you know, he's not going to make up for himself and Micah Hyde, but uh, he's certainly a player that the Bills more than uh, more than I can explain want out there. Uh, and there's a reason that he wears that C on his chest. So, uh, yeah, welcome back, Jordan Poyer, for sure. And, uh, of course, we can stop the alarm bells as well. Uh, he hung on to that last uh, interception there because he, uh, you know, uh, dove up, caught the ball, and knocked the wind out of himself when he came down with it because our trainers were with him right at the end of the game. Everyone was worried, oh, no, is he hurt again? But, uh, no, you know, happens to the best of us. He's in an all-pro safety in the NFL, the wind knocked out of him. But, yeah, definitely a huge welcome back to uh, Jordan Poyer and this Bills defense. Yeah, he was huge. No more injuries. No more injuries, please. Uh, you know, as you were writing on the uh, Bills wire, Nick, the uh, injury bug has been um, has been widespread within that, that locker room. No more injuries. Um those are getting annoying at this point. Yeah, so I'm glad Jordan Poyer is okay. That was obviously the biggest play of the ball game there on fourth and two, uh, fourth and goal from the two. 
Big decision from the Ravens. Were the Ravens stupid for that decision? Passing the ball into the end zone on fourth and two in a tie game 2020. I'm going to get Nick's take on that here coming up. But first, our friends over at thehuddle.com are going to help us set our fantasy lineups. Nick, my fantasy teams need help badly. So um, I'm, my opponent got a goose egg. They, they left Mike Thomas from the Saints in the lineup this week, and I still lost. So Mike Thomas gets a goose egg, oh. and I still lose. So here I am like, oh, this will be an easy win. They left Mike Thomas in their lineup. Well, no, I lost. So I could use all the help I could get from Corey Bonini. He's got our he's got his fantasy advice for us right here, and then Nick and I will be right back. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. The first month of the fantasy football season is now behind us. I'm Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for week number five. Quarterback Derek Carr, Las Vegas Raiders at Kansas City Chiefs. The Raiders put their backs against the wall with an 0-3 start. And if they have any chance of keeping in the mix for the AFC West, it begins with beating Kansas City on Monday night. The Chiefs have allowed 2.5 touchdown passes per game thus far, which is tied for the most in football. Only 1 in 175 attempts has been intercepted, and just 4 teams have given up more yards through the air to the position. This matchup is 23.4% easier than the league average, and Carr has the weapons to get the job done. Running back Ramondre Stevenson versus the Detroit Lions. This matchup is tremendous for success on the ground, and the Patriots are in line to lean heavily on the rushing attack if quarterback Bailey Zappi ends up starting. Detroit is granted a rushing score every 11 attempts, which is the highest frequency by more than 5 carries. 8 times a running back has carried the rock into the end zone, and the 116.8 ground yards per game sits as the sixth highest figure in football. Stevenson makes for a quality start in any fantasy setting. Baltimore Ravens wide receiver Devin DuVernay versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He was targeted a season high five times last week, catching four for 51, but he failed to score a touchdown for the first time in 2022 if you include a special teams TD in the mix. He has at least 6.2 PPR points in each game, and that's if you remove the touchdown, and the vertical threat is worthy of a gamble in deep leagues. The Bengals have haven't given up much to receivers in 2022, but the Ravens are one of the most explosive offenses, and five different receivers have posted at least 12 PPR points against the Bengals this season. Tight end Tyler Conklin, New York Jets versus Miami Dolphins. The big question surrounding Conklin entering week four was what kind of involvement would he see with Zach Wilson returning to the lineup? All things considered, the former Viking was targeted enough to keep him relevant. His five looks produced three catches for 52 yards. Not exactly what you want to see, but it's not like he went from eight looks per game under Joe Flacco down to two. One aspect worth noting is the yards per reception went up including the average depth of target going from 2.8 to 8 under Wilson. More importantly, Miami has surrendered crazy volume to tight ends in 2022, ranking as the easiest opponent for catches and number 3 for yardage generated. While only 1 in every 15 completions has found the end zone, there's plenty of PPR upside to chase here. For more award-winning tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-522. 4700 in Colorado. All right, so return of one of my my favorite segments here on the program, Nick. Three hot take inspiring questions from you, right? These questions are designed to pull out the hot takes. Are you ready? Always, Ryan. Always. Give me the fire. All right, I kind of I kind of, you know, stole the thunder a little bit here, but were the Ravens stupid? That's question number 1. Let me explain. Fourth quarter, tied 2020. 
the Ravens go on this like really nice clock sucking 14 play drive, right? That ends up with a really interesting decision that I think people are still debating. It's fourth and goal from the Buffalo two. There's four 15 remaining on the clock. Again, it's 2020. John Harbaugh could a take the chip shot field goal and uh, take the 23 to 20 lead, right? Which Nick, I think uh, just a, a quick little interlude here. John Harbaugh basically said, he did not want to do that because not only did he think that the Bills would come and match that field goal, but he thought they would score a touchdown and beat him if he if he did that. So he decided not to do that. Um, option two would be to call a running play, right? Which you either score or, in theory, you keep the ball within the two-yard line, maybe the one-yard line, maybe the half-yard line if the Bills make the stop. So, yeah, you're turning the football over, but the Bills still have to go 98, 99 yards to score a touchdown. Or, you know, or I mean, I shouldn't say that. The Bills still have to go a hell of a long way, right, on the road in a tough situation to score that game-winning field goal. Or option three, I guess you could call a passing play, try to fool the defense and score and look like a genius, right? Harbaugh chose number three. Lamar Jackson throws the interception to Jordan Poyer, and the Bills get the football back in better field position, and they go down and win it. So again, I ask you, Nick, did Harbaugh make the right call? Were the Ravens stupid in that situation? What do you think of that? I'm going to take your layup here a little bit, Ryan. I'm going to say yes and no. <laughs> Is that a leading because, question? I don't know. Uh, no, no, yes and no. I'll say yes and no to that as well. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, throwing the ball there, I mean, you're looking to get fancy. You're looking to get cute. You have the best rushing quarterback in the NFL. You already scored a touchdown on the goal line right there. You have confidence in that. J.K. Dobbins slammed one in earlier in the game. I, I, I understand the sentiment that you're going to hold. His sentiment made sense that, okay, we're going to hold the Bills. Even if we miss, they're on the two-yard line. I like our chances there. But I don't know. There was a little bit of a non-NVP move there by uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I like Lamar. Um, I think for whatever reason, uh, you know, Josh Allen included, sometimes these dual-threat guys, they get, I don't know, like a bad rep. Like, they're bad. Like, like kind of like a football team winning by double-digit points. They're bad <laughs> because they can do something good. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can't make that pass. I mean, yeah, like number one rule. Like I've never taken a snap in the NFL. Believe it or not, I know you guys read my writing, and you're like, I can't believe I heard that. But um, <laughs> it, I know not to throw off my back foot. I mean, goodness, at least you know he's out of the tackle box or something. I don't know if he was trying to throw that away or what. But I mean, just such a poor play. I mean, <laughs> from top to bottom, I don't know what the Ravens were thinking on that. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna go with the yes and no answer that Ryan. Yes, I think that the sentiment was right. I mean, the Bills are a good team. You, 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 you give them, you give them a little uh, an inch. Sometimes they take a mile, and a lot of the times, more often now, they do take that mile. Easily, I think the Bills could have gotten into that field goal range, but you know, I, I get it. I get it. I get what he was trying to do. But again, you know, Monday morning quarterback, why are you making that call? But still, again, I mean, at worst, you hand the ball off, you're losing like three yards like it's still going to be inside the five right right i mean you, you want to cover all your bases do that but you know i think they're kind of a little too cute with that and uh yeah i i think you, you should have taken the simple one or, or or just run lamar put put it in put him in the shotgun and get to run it let it give him to say all right snap and then everyone just block for lamar like yeah. something yeah something else. i would have liked that yeah. a lot better yeah I, I think harbaugh seems to be one of these coaches where he might be the most analytics driven coach out there, Nick. Like, I don't know if you remember like last year, he kept going for two at the end in the win. Like he could just kick the extra point and play and go to overtime, but he kept going for two in the win. They kept, kept not getting the two point conversion. 
So he's always doing these kind of crazy analytics-based plays, and that's that's what he does. He goes to the, the uh, statistics, and sometimes I just think like, man, sometimes you just got to say, screw the analytics, I'm going to take the points, and just try to put pressure on the Bills to go match me on the road. Um, now, in this situation, I agree with you. I think the best play would have been to either run it with Lamar out of the shotgun. You stole you stole my uh, the wind out of my sails there. That's what I would have done. Or just straight up run the football, try to get it inside the... If you don't score, get it inside the two and make Josh Allen have to go out of the shadow of his own end zone on the road. The crowd's all fired up. Like That's a tough, situ- that's a tough spot for the Bills. And I, I agree with you. They easily could get in the field goal range still, but not easy, right? Not easy. I think the only you, you just do anything that doesn't end in a turnover there, right? That's 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 the answer. Anything that doesn't end in a turnover is what you do if you're the uh, Ravens. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, letting Lamar Jackson, who I wouldn't say is the most like accurate passer in the NFL, and I, I mean he's brilliant. I love watching him, but I wouldn't say he's the most accurate passer in the NFL. Throwing into these tight windows in the end zone when all the you know you got what twenty two bodies there just all over the place right around the end zone. Like, come on. That's not really putting your quarterback in the best position to succeed. I don't know what they were doing on that, but uh, they were stupid. Yeah, it lends me to believe. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of mentioned there for a second, Ryan, that uh, sometimes you see those types of interceptions happen, and the quarterback was actually trying to throw the ball away. Yeah, he wasn't planning for it to get in the end zone. Jordan Poyer noted that um, Duvernay was open, and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> Jordan Poyer openly admitted that like I messed up. He's wide open." But the pass rush got in Lamar's face. So he had to wait a second to throw it, and then by the time he threw it, uh, Poyer was obviously right there. But he said that Duvernay was open, so that lends me to believe that Jackson saw him open, and then Lamar threw it, and by the time he got the, the pass off, well, Jordan Poyer was unfortunately there instead. So that's what I think ended up happening, but, you know, who, who really knows? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good piece of an analysis right there. So uh, still, letting him throw there. Stupid. It ended in a turnover. It killed the Ravens. Good for the Bills. They had a great answer. And earlier in the show, here's question number two, Nick. But again, these are wordy, wordy questions. So you got to bear with me. I know you're not surprised by that at all, knowing me. Um, we mentioned the running backs. They continue to get either poor production or turnovers, right? It seems like one of these guys are fumbling every single week. It's like really annoying. And you and I have brought this up as a topic many times on the show. Man, we gotta rein in Josh. We gotta keep him healthy. We gotta get the running game going. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta. I've I'm flipping on this. I'm now flipping on this, Nick. After watching Allen basically one up Lamar Jackson in the run game on Sunday, and I think he did. I think Josh Allen looked just as dangerous, if not more, running the football than Lamar Jackson in that ball game. I think we're at the the point now with Allen because he's so efficient, smart, and physical when he runs the ball, and it sparks the offense so much that I think he has to keep running. I think I think this has now become a staple of the offense, and given the production from the running back room and the fumbles and all that crap, like I think ten plus carries should be the rule and not the exception for Josh Allen. I think it should be a major point of their emphasis going forward. What do you think? Are you with me on that? Uh, I don't know. I might take the opposite side of that. This one, Ryan, we got to keep it spicy. For I like it. Day, all right, you know? let's go. So, let's go. So I think the Bills just need to plan out, learn how to run the ball. I don't know if getting someone else on single carry on the fly. Uh, uh, on the fly, I don't know who they're going to get on the fly. Uh, I don't know if this magical trade that Bill's Mafia was cooking up. Wait, the Giants, they're not going to be good. They're Saquon not Barkley. Good. We, should get, yeah. we yeah. should get Saquon, and then all of a sudden they're good. So I don't know what I don't know what's going <laughs> to yeah. uh, what's going to happen there in that pipe dream for Bill's Mafia. I don't know who they're going to get. I don't think it's going to be anyone, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe get, I don't know if James Cook can run the ball a little bit better. But 
Singletary's not even doing a bad job running the ball. I don't know if it's just their their line blocking is just not great. They put emphasis on it. They hired a new offensive line coach. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the hope, the only real hope, Ryan, that we have, is quote unquote, these guys can gel a little bit more as the season rolls on. I don't know how much a pipe dream that is or what, but that's pretty much you know where we're at. And I think the Bills really got to figure something out. The thing is, is that uh, I don't get paid as much as um, you know people at One Bills Drive get paid to figure this out. So I don't have the answers. <laughs> um, but just figure that out and don't run Josh Allen that many times. I will say, give him some design runs. I mean, the guy can run the ball. And I would I, you give him five carries a game, design quarterback runs. I mean, the guy can run it, so do it. And when you give it, I think, maybe five times a game, it keeps the defense on their toes enough to the point where he's, he's busting off 10-yard runs left and right. And every time I bet that over, Josh Allen hits it. And he gives a little <laughs> shout-out. And Skills pulls up his shirt it for you Nick when he hits it and uh, yeah um, but, uh, the uh, but, yeah I think that what lends into some successes of course between Josh first Lamar running the ball was probably the weather right I mean I think you look at Lamar the guy's gonna cut you up I'm gonna be standing still and he's gonna walk by me and I'm gonna hurt my ankle you know um, Josh is just so powerful which I think maybe lends you know, a little bit into his favor. You know, they say that maybe on defense it'll lend, lend it into their favor that, you know, someone will slip or something or, or whatnot. I think it goes both ways, though, where, you know, Josh Allen's a big dude. Defenders trying to get their footing on this guy when he's slippery, literally. I mean, I think it's going to help the guy run, and I think it did. And I think, you know, Lamar had, had his successes. I mean, shout out to the sports book that um, I took the boost of uh, Lamar and Josh over 50 yards rushing. It hit this Sunday. I know. Genius, Nick. I, I thought the same. Yeah, you got to share these but, bets more uh, so we can tell you. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I don't suggest that to anyone. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think that, that that's where I'm at with it, though, Ryan. I think he's so good at passing the ball still that, uh, you know, that will lend into him running the ball if he does it less and gets him running the ball less, but I do agree with you in the sense of getting him some design quarterback runs. We saw that more, I thought, under Brian Dable than we are Ken Dorsey right now. Um, but, you know, no, the Bills are 3-1. and one. I don't think there's, you know, right or wrong reason about it right now. They beat some good teams. They, the Dolphins, you know, they're not the they're, – they're, 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 they're a solid, talented team. We don't know about their medical staff talent at this point, but other than that, uh, they seem to be a very talented team. So, you know, losing to them, no shame in that. And, uh, yeah, so I think that the Bills could could, could could get some more design runs, but I, I don't know about the plan being 10-plus runs. I think I think I might uh, – there might be a mob coming your way now, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I no, mean, and, like, and let me clarify. Not to, will, <laughs> I got to clarify something. You might want to pull something. out a sign for that mob to slide, to slide. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, slide. <laughs> You have to say that. You have to slide at the end of this run. Yeah, and, and we actually agree with our – we actually are in agreement here, Nick, because I, I did not mean to say that it should be 10-plus designed quarterback runs because you if you call if you call four or five designed quarterback runs with Josh Allen and we we both are comfortable with that number, and I certainly are, um, or I certainly am, uh, well, you know he's going to get another four or five on scrambles or broken plays or just you know plays that he decides he has to make on like a third down or something. So – that ends up being ten carries, you know what I mean? But it's not designed carries, so gotcha. I, I'm okay, fine. Yeah. I'm fine with him running the ball as much as Singletary. That's kind of w- what I was saying. Um, and I know, I hope if Bills Mafia is mad at me because they think I want Josh Allen to take a pounding, um, that's okay. Yeah, I take the pounding, dish it out, 
do the thing, Josh. I don't know. When he does those runs and he runs people over and he stiff arms him, Nick, I just feel like it, it sparks the offense so much. And uh, it gets you out of your seat as a fan. It's so it's fun to watch. So I'm on board. I'm, I'm done like beating the drum on let's see more Devin Singletary or let's see more James Cook. I can't do it. I'd rather watch Josh run around out there and run people over. Whatever. Hopefully he stays healthy. I, I will add for a little bit of a nugget here. I think Sean McDermott or whoever employs the punishment on the Bills sideline, I think they need to stop flinging people or yanking people, I think is a better word, so quickly. Um, I think we saw a little bit mm. better of that on Sunday because we see, you know, Isaiah McKenzie last year fumbles one punt and it's like, if he ever goes near the special teams coach again, he's like fired. You <laughs> he know? was in like, the doghouse for a while. Yes, and then same thing with running backs fumbling. It's like the guy, I, I mean, they, they did sit, sit motor for a series after that. Zach Moss got like his two of his three carries, got six yards. I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, he can't he can't find a way to get a couple of yards, which is mm. unfortunate for him. He was so good as a rookie, but um, you know, it's uh, Singletary did get back out there, but it, it, you know, it's it's a moist day out, guys. He's gonna there's gonna be fumbles, and, and I'm glad that Singletary got back out there because he was pivotal too at the end of the game, Ryan. I mean, apparently Josh in the huddle right near the goal line was like. If they get out of the way to let you score, you fall on that ground, boy. <laughs> he did. He fell on Shout out Motor for that. You know, not going to make the fantasy uh, fantasy or the uh, you know uh, betters like us uh, happy if you took them to score. But uh, yeah, it's uh, a Singletary. I think they still they start they're starting to maybe give him a little bit of momentum. That's the magic word I was looking for. Give someone some momentum because nobody can get some in this backfield. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I think Singletary's kind of protected from it a little bit because they hate Zach Moss and they're not they don't trust James Cook yet. So, um, yeah, you know, unfortunately you're right. But again, I, you're I don't right. I don't think McDermott cares about the football being moist. I don't think he cares about the moistness of the uh, situation not because even a little not even a little bit. Cuz was it was moist when McKenzie fumbled? Wasn't that the Colts game we're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you were right that one. I was you there. I was I was yeah. I was very <laughs> moist in that game. <laughs> and uh, I had plenty. Pl- I had plenty of um, liquid courage as well, while standing yeah, in the if had sideways the rain. The amount of time, if anyone had over on the amount of times we say moist in this podcast, <laughs> yeah, that's, you got to lean into it sometimes. All right, we've gotten off track as usual. Nick, question number three: um, You mentioned the injury bug on Bills Wire. Uh, Jamison Crowder's on the shelf now. Gabe Davis was, as you wrote, clearly not a hundred percent in this one. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie scored a nice touchdown for my uh, my my daily fantasy team. Had him in my lineup, but then he disappeared with what, what was it a head injury? So, do the Bills have enough in reserve? I'm using wide receiver as like an example here. Another wordy question here, but do they have enough in reserve? Right, like so in terms of the wide receiver room, right? We have Khalil Shakur, uh, the rookie who got some runs Sunday, looked pretty good. Uh, we have Tavon Austin, kind of on ice on the practice squad. Not really sure. I'm a huge Tavon Austin fan, Nick, but what I'm getting to is are the Bills at the point now where they have enough injuries where we're going to see them pull a Rams, right? Are they going to do something like, all right, Odell Beckham Jr. is ready to come back and help a team late in the season. They're going to go make a push for Odell Beckham Jr. Or they're going to make some type of trade to bolster the running back room, as you were kind of alluding to earlier, or add another wide receiver or trade for somebody on defense if they have more problems in the secondary based on the injury bug, right? Uh, And I don't want to hear anything about the cap room or anything like that, right? They can figure that thing out. Are they going to pull a Rams? Are you expecting the Bills to make some type of big, you know, kind of splashy kind of move that helps them make a Super Bowl run this year 
before the deadline. What do you think? I'm going to go with the short answer of yes. I think that they're going to pull something off, add something. You mentioned the salary cap. Um, there's the debate if it exists or not in the NFL. It kind of does. It kind of doesn't at times. But the one thing that we've learned is that the Bills got a guy named Brandon Bean who knows that thing inside and out. He already, I mean, they, they do it all the time. They just keep giving guys more signing bonus money just to create more cap space. And, hey, it's, 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 it's working in the sense that it's giving them that more space, the desire, but the reason why they want it is just in case they have to make one of these moves. I mean, the Bills have done this since kind of day one. I mean, you think, you know, I know Stephon Diggs, he's, he's okay, right? But back in the day, they got that stud, Kelvin Benjamin. Notice the sarcasm there. But they did trade for Kelvin Benjamin midseason in 2017 because they want to be able to make these moves. Uh, they want to bring in, you know, that last piece, you know, seeing where they're, where they're at. I think the question on everyone's mind now is, because uh, I ruined their Saquon Barkley dreams earlier on, but uh, another former giant, or former giant, OBJ, Odell, um, I think he's very much on the Bills' radar right now. And uh, the NFL, you know, uh, the NFL and, and, and soccer and all these other sports, I always kind of laugh sometimes because, you know, I see my team, uh, whatever it be, the Bills, whether it be Tottenham Hotspur, it's, it's like, you know, one, one loss happens in the and the, the world is coming to an end, right? <laughs> it's such a long season. All right, the Rams did lose last night. I'm a little heartbroken because I did bet on them. Still, I'm silly. That's why I said, don't tell me, folks. But uh, the Rams aren't looking too great right now. They're looking like they could use another wide receiver. So are the Buffalo Bills. But by the time that midseason point comes along, I honestly think a big point that it's going to come down to is who is looking better in a couple weeks from now when Odell is looking healthier. Because the Rams, I mean, they're playing, and I think, I don't even think it's objectively. I think it's, it's a, easily to see it's a tougher division out in the NFC West. Um, and the Bills, you know, nothing against, you know, your Patriots, but um, I don't know if Mr. Zapp is going to be able to handle the Bills. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, Zappy. It's Zappy, Nick. Zappy. How dare you? Zappy. That, excuse me, yeah, uh, uh, pardon me on that, but Mr. Zappi from Western Kentucky, my guest actually during the game was, did he go to the same college as Jimmy G, but no, Jimmy G was like Illinois or something like that, right, uh, Eastern Illinois. And not to cut you off, but, you know, uh, Mac Jones is injured and, and Bailey Zappi, again, a player that no Patriots fan, Nick, has heard of until the Patriots drafted him in the fourth round last year. The, the Patriots drafted him yeah. and everyone, all Patriots fans are like, huh, what, who, huh, what? It's not a yeah, linebacker? Yeah. No, we need a linebacker, Bill. What are you doing? Why are you picking Zappi? Uh, but Zappi yeah, comes so, in, almost beats Aaron Rodgers, and now everyone wants Zappi to be the quarterback. He's now he's now supplanting Mac Jones, if you listen to Patriots Sports Radio. Of course he is. But uh, anyways, uh, I, don't worry. I've lived in Western New York. I know that. Goes. <laughs> Matt Barkley also is better than Josh Allen a couple years ago. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's looking like an easier division is what I was going to point out. I was getting to with OBJ. I think that that might. We might be able to thank the likes of the Pats and the Jets and, you know, a couple of couple of divisional games that maybe OBJ goes, all right, the Bills got two more wins right now. He's not signing anywhere for a lot, folks. Uh, OBJ is a very talented player. He made probably the best catch we've ever seen in any of our lives. Um, but he also is coming off a knee injury that is not going to get you paid. So he is going to sign a one-year, does your knee still work, can you help me out deal, and the Bills might be the place. So. You know, I think right now it, it, it makes a lot of sense, but we'll we'll see how much the Bills get out of Cleo Secure. We'll see if Gabe Davis can get healthier. He's certainly not. Gabe Davis technically played more snaps than Stefan Diggs. 
two more. They played like 98, 97% in the game against the Ravens. You would not have noticed that. <laughs> I, that was my big takeaway when I looked at uh, the snap counts. Wow, Gabe Davis was out there a lot, and I did not see him at all. Um, not looking like himself. If he can get healthier, if uh, Cleo Shakir can, can, can show something out there, if, I don't know, Isaiah McKenzie might not even be hurt. Uh, after our, uh, in, in all sincerity, you know, the two attack Tagovailoa uh, injury uh, was scary as hell for everyone, I think, who saw it. Yep. And uh, after that, the NFL and Players Association were like, all right, we ain't playing no more of these head injuries, which they should have done a long time ago. But Isaiah McKenzie was actually, I'm not questioning anything here, he was spotted, Ryan, running off the field after he got a head injury. I mean, something about that is like not, he might not be super wob- Not super wobbly. Not super wobbly, not a to a quote-unquote back injury. He literally was seen running to the locker room, and then he had a head injury. They said he was out for the game. We're never going to hear that, you know, oh, because of two every head injury. Like We're not going to hear any of that, even though that's kind of what's out there now. But, uh, yeah, I think McKenzie might be okay, but I think we might be another injury or two away from, okay, let's get out here. <laughs> OBJ, get, get in this locker room. We, Von, we left Bonds next to him uh, open all this time for you. And, yeah, but it, it, it couldn't make sense, Ryan. I think OBJ really could make sense. And again, sorry for the long-winded answer. We go back and forth all the time. But I think OBJ, <laughs> yeah, right now, between the Bills and the Rams and the wind column, the Bills are playing. We're going to add a, a chart to the uh, – or a column to the standings, Ryan. It's going to be just like uh, records, you know, division, uh, conference. And it's like the Bills comparing to the Rams record. Because right now it's got to be one of those two teams that OBJ is going to, right? Like some point, like week 10. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I agree with basically everything you just said. Um, I think if you, if your wide receivers are healthy outside of Jamison Crowder, right? If your guys are healthy and you get something from Shakir, I don't think you need to make that move. I think you'll be fine. But if you get another injury there, or you know, if Gabe Davis just isn't right, or uh, sorry, if Gabe Dave, Gabe Dave, Gabe Davis, you know, I'm I'm really struggling with that one, Nick. If Gabe Davis, if Gabe Davis isn't right, uh then maybe you do make this move. And, you know, I know Odell Beckham, he went to he went to the Rams pretty much because he he wanted that L.A. flavor, right? The, he wanted the uh, the brand and all that, the, the L.A. lifestyle. A little different over there in Buffalo, right? I guess, like a little different. So hopefully he can give that thing up. Really? And, why, why would you say that, Ryan? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he can give that thing up and just come join Von Miller, his old friend there from the Rams, and go win another Super Bowl because he is a absolute, even if he's... Coming back from a knee injury, he is a weapon in the red zone. And the Rams used him as such. And I think the Bills could really use that. Maybe you only have a small package of plays for him, but you unleash him around the goal line. He is really, really good in the red zone. And that would just make the Bills that much more dangerous. I would love OBJ, but I would just, I, I'm rooting. I, everything you said was music to my ears, Nick, because I'm rooting for them to make some kind of move. Given all the injuries we're seeing, do something before the deadline to make a run. Now, speaking of earlier, when we said that, you know, there's some some analysts and fans out there that do not like the Bills winning by a lot of points. Well, the odds makers have the Bills winning by a million, or I'm sorry, Bills by a billion, right, against Pittsburgh. Here, the Steelers are coming in. They are big underdogs in Buffalo. We'll tell you what the spread is and make a pick right after this. But first, our friends at the Bet Slippin' Podcast have a free play for us to listen to. Let's check that out. We'll be right back. This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, everyone. This is Nathan with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Be sure to check us and our sportsbook provider, Typico, out. 
All odds are provided by our friends at Tipico. Tipico Sportsbook is a global betting leader. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply 21 plus. See the site for details. So the Raiders and Chiefs have Monday night football. The Raiders are plus seven and are starting to figure things out offensively, rushing for over 200 yards against Denver. They have a couple elite offensive playmakers, and the Chiefs' opponent's completion percentage is the second worst in the league at just over 70%. In both games, the Chiefs have played outside of a two-score finish. No opposing rusher has had over 30 yards on their own. The Raiders should look much better and should be able to hold this within a touchdown. Give me Las Vegas plus seven. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. I have noticed this, Nick. The spread does get... A little crazy when the Bills play at home coming off a win, right? We've seen this. We have these balloon spreads sometimes with the with the Bills, weren't they? They were we were talking about the same type of thing against the Titans. They were ten plus point favorites against the Titans, and we were saying, Oh man, we gotta take those points. These these games are always close. Well, the Bills against Pittsburgh, their little crosstown rival there, thirteen and a half on Tipico is the spread. The Bills are minus a thousand on the money line, Nick. So uh, if we're going from uh, the Tipico Sportsbook here, the odds on Tipico, the Bills have a really good chance to win this ball game against Pittsburgh, and and why? I mean, it's a Steelers team that's desperate, right? They're one and three. They're reportedly turning to a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett. He's going to start. There's an unknown there. Why should we trust that the Bills are going to win by a billion here? Actually, I kind of think they are. I kind of think they are. I think the Steelers are coming in, and they're going to be in a really tough spot against the uh, the Bills in this one. But what do you think? Can you back the Bills at 13.5 at home, Nick? Oh, it's so tough because I feel like 13.5, yeah. I feel like maybe that that spread. I have a feeling it's going to move to over 14, and at that point, I might roll the dice and actually go with the Steelers. Because I feel like over 14 is just screaming like, Backdoor cover. Yeah. Like, yep. some, yep. like, garbage, like, like Kenny Pickett just stays in or, like, Trubisky comes in or something happens where, like, you know, the Bills are dominating by, like, I don't know, 21 or something, and you have 14 and a half that come down and, I don't know, two minutes left if some Bills backups are in and, and they score a touchdown. Najee Harris runs it, like, it's possible. 40 yards against, against, you know, whoever, you know, from the practice squad, something like that. So, I don't know. I'm a – I'm tough. I might tease that over if I need to. I, I, I it, it, it's interesting though because in terms of Brian, if we're, if we're breaking down just Bills versus Steelers, and we did the Titans a few weeks ago, and um, the Titans are similar to the Steelers that they're a team that has given the Bills a bit in a little, a little bit of the time in the last couple of years, even in the Josh Allen era. Uh, I think the Bills lost to them. I think the first time they played them three, four times now. Late in the year, they made the playoffs, and then when they eventually lost to Houston in the wild card round, the Bills, um, they had a huge late season win against the Steelers. Then they lost to the Steelers. I think they did once or twice, but the games are always close. But the, one of the reasons why those games are always close, go look at the box scores that TJ Watt puts up against the Bills. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm glad you said this. Go ahead. Up. Yeah, before he, he, he puts a similar box scores against a lot of different teams. Like, I'm not picking on the Bills here, but. It causes some havoc. I, I can 
I can tell you right now, I've gone through the, uh, all I have to go through is the uh, photos on Bill's wire uploaded. You could type in TJ Watt, and there's, uh, let me put it to you this way, Ryan, there's a couple too many photos of him and uh, Josh Allen together. Just one too many of those for, for comfort. And uh, yeah, but I think he makes a huge difference here, so. But again, I, I I I might roll the dice and go over fourteen and a half and go with a backdoor cover. But I mean, thirteen and a half. I think that's an interesting one for the Bills. Thirteen and a half. Uh, you know, Kenny Pickett might even end up going up against the Bills' backups or something too. Um, it's possible because <laughs> I think this game is going to probably get out of hand. Um, you know, I I, I know that uh, you New Englanders and and Belichick and playing rookie quarterbacks is, was always the kid to death for that and. I kind of get the sim- similar vibe here, you know. I mean, the Bills are playing with – who would have thought, Ryan, we were, we were last we talked before the start of the season, Tredavious White's out, and all of a sudden now, flash forward to last week, and we are just screaming in excitement in Orchard Park that they get Dane Jackson back in the lineup. They're so happy to have Dane Jackson back. Before sixth-round pick, I believe he was. Sorry if I'm wrong there. I'm McCrim and DeMar Hamlin up all the time. They're both sixth or seventh round. Third day three pick, all of a sudden – Rejoice that he's back, right? But, but I mean, seriously, is what I'm just getting at. They're making Dane Jackson look amazing. It's Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott. I think, as much as I will make fun of Sean McDermott for not saying anything when he says a lot of things, but someone, I mean, the guy can run a secondary. I mean, 2017, and then he said, I want this guy, Jordan Poyer, who's off like a lacerated something or another in his body. This guy, Micah Hyde, who's pretty good. He's a mid round pick for the Packers. He moved around. Never really had a home at safety. And all of a sudden, now they're just this great secondary. And the Bills against Kenny Pickett, oh, man. I mean, my mouth is watering a little bit, Ryan. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a pick fest, I think. I think we might see another two from Jordan Poyer or something like that. Yeah, your, your mouth should be watering. He just tossed three interceptions uh, to the Jets, and he came on in relief of Mike, uh, Mitch Trubisky in that one. And he still threw three interceptions, and he did some stuff with his legs. But, uh, yeah, no, he's going to throw you some balls, I think. And, and I'm worried about Kenny Pickett, right, because he's about to take over for the Steelers, Nick. And here are his first four NFL starts, right? Starting with the Bills at Buffalo. Then he goes home. He goes to uh, back home to face the Bucs in Tom Brady. And then he goes at Miami. We all know that's, that's a tough place to win a ball game now, right? With the way Miami's playing in that heat. Not a fun place. And then at Philly. At Philly. Maybe the best team in the NFC right now, the way they're playing, on, especially on defense. Kenny Pickett. I know. My I goodness. Who's that, who's that second quarterback you said? I never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. I know the man who not should not be named on this podcast, but I tend to bring him up often. Uh, I, I think I think Bills Mafia should they should start a preemptive GoFundMe page for Kenny Pickett and his well being because he is in big trouble in these first four NFL starts uh, for the Steelers. But starting yeah. starting this week, I think he's going to have a hard time against the Bills. The Bills, even with some of their injuries, uh, and to key players on that defense, they're still one of the they're still if not the they're still one of the best defenses in the entire football in terms of stats and the numbers, right? So, again, when you... Number when you, two. Number two. Okay, there it is. So, when you factor in Kenny Pickett making his first start on the road in Buffalo, uh, you factor in that he just tossed three interceptions to the Jets. So, it's not like he's going to have some growing pains here. And like you said, great point. TJ Watt, he is just... He is the engine that makes the Steelers go. I don't even know when the last time they won a game without him. Uh, their win this the only win they've got this year was with him. He left that game against Cincinnati. I don't think they've won a game without T.J. Watt in his career. Uh, it's like it's that crazy. Like he hasn't missed a ton of time. Uh, I think this is the first year he's actually missed more than like a couple games. But 
they need that guy. He's such a difference maker. He's not in, and they've really struggled tackling. I think the Bills are just a really bad matchup for them all around. So just keep the ball away from Minka Fitzpatrick and block Cam Hayward, and I think I could easily see the Bills not only going up by a couple touchdowns, but actually finishing it out and winning. So normally, Nick, I always take the points in this kind of spread, right? I'll be like, yeah, I like the Bills to win, but no, 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 I'm not going to back them to cover that many points. But in this game, given where the Steelers are at, one and three, they just lost to the Jets. And that was, I just rattled off those next four games they have. They had to beat the Jets, Nick. They couldn't afford to lose that one because what are you going to, you're going to go, what, one and three at best in these next four? And you're not beating Buffalo. Again, minus 1,000 on the money line in Tipico, right? So, yeah, normally I would take the points, but this one just screams bills by a billion. I'm, I'm backing the bills to cover. Ah, I, I mean, I guess we're going to have to see who's right and who's wrong here, Ryan, and I'm never going to let you live it down. But no, <laughs> but no yeah. uh, I mean, seriously, 13 and a half. I mean, two touchdowns, that's realistic. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I like to roll the dice a little bit. I did bet on the Jets last week. I was, just, I was feeling some type of way. I was feeling like a crazy man last week. Good bet. I said it's Zach Wilson. What answer. are you thinking? I, now I could give you endless craps for, for for doing anything positive with the Jets. Screw the Jets. <laughs> I said I said it's Zach Wilson. The answer. I said no, but he is for this far leg. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should do this more often. We should just pick, we should each pick a side so one of us is right because usually we pick the same side and we're wrong. So um, maybe if we I'm both sure. just pick a side, <laughs> one of us will be right. We'll have some type of bragging rights in our third segment of the show when we talk sports betting. So yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk more about that. Yeah, <laughs> good time to be the Bill, a Bills fan. Uh, great win over the Ravens this past week. Now they're going to beat up on the Steelers. Looking forward to that one. Uh, for Nick, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us again. Support us by hitting subscribe and telling a friend if you could, if you like the show, um, and we will catch you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.